Hi everyone and welcome to the Supporting Champions podcast. My name's Steve Ingham. I'm a performance scientist by trade, having helped many elite athletes reach their peak through the application of scientific principles over the last 25 years. And I'm also the co-founder of Supporting Champions, which applies the many principles that we've learned about performance, both from sport, but from business and education, and applying those to those hoping to find a better way to create performance. So we're literally supporting champions, but we're also there to support and champion people who are looking for that breakthrough. So the idea behind these podcasts is to explore the science, the art, the purpose and the origins of high performance. And I'm keen to discuss these concepts with the people who have achieved at the highest level, those people who have been driving force in making high performance happen, and from those who have researched and explored aspects of performance in real depth. Before we get into this episode, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who's tuning in so far. The listenership is going up each and every week, and so if you're new in, then please do take a chance to have a listen to some of the earlier recordings. There's some great insights there uh, to be tapping into. And so on to this week's episode, and I interview Lucy Balfour. Now, Lucy is a leading ballerina at Ballet Rombert in London. I'll tell you a little bit about Rombert in a moment, uh, but I'm really excited to include performers from different arenas and industries that have got that performance at the heart of it. Uh, and we've got plenty of those lined up to come, uh, which, and ba- but ballet is certainly one of those that I'm really looking forward to exploring in depth with the people who've experienced it at the, at the top end. So ballet is a, a fascinating performance industry. It's got the physicality, it's got the importance of artistry, but also the pressures of maintaining a certain aesthetic. So it's a hugely demanding career, not only extremely competitive, but it also has that wonderful artistry and expressiveness as a profession. So Ballet Rombert is one of the most influential dance companies in the UK and is renowned all over the world. Rombert was founded in 1926 and so it has a long and rich tradition. But it's also a contemporary dance company. So it has to respect that tradition, but it also has to push the boundaries. It has to move forward, which I think is a really interesting dynamic for, for the actual company itself. Lucy Balfour trained at the International Ballet Academy in Christchurch, New Zealand. And we'll talk about the early passions that she followed and her commitment to pursuing her dreams of becoming a top ballerina. Lucy was a leading dancer at the Royal New Zealand Ballet before joining Rombert in 2013. And in the interview, Lucy talks about the extreme competitiveness of ballet, the pressures of selection, rejection, uh, and how that actually feels maintaining her self-identity while she's going through that, but realising her strengths and her values through that competitive process. As well as that, Lucy talks about the privileges and also the pressures of performing. And I think we can all relate to the, the careers that we're passionately engaged in, but also the pressures of actually delivering. Uh, it's a demanding career, as I say, but it's unique, uniquely for Lucy. Uh, Lucy is pregnant. Um, So she's expecting her first child in mid-August 2018. And Lucy talks about not only being supported by Rombert to continue to rehearse, but also to perform. So Lucy actually performed until she was five months pregnant on stage. It's a fascinating uh, discussion about how she's approaching not only the the pregnancy, the birth, but also the the life after uh, giving birth and her career ahead. Fantastic. 
Lucy Balfour, thank you so much for joining us on the recording. It's an absolute pleasure to meet you and, and talk to you about... You, now, you've been a performer on stage at the highest level. You've got another performance coming up. I do. I have a big performance, uh, middle of August. Uh, when my baby is due. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's really... I'm feeling really excited, um, actually, about that now. and Kind of where, where the planning is kind of going and almost feeling like... I'm informing myself a lot about the pregnancy and what's going to happen, and I feel like it's almost like training for a race or something like that. So yeah. The good. benefit of being nine months is that you've had quite a few months' preparations. Yes. Two months to go. Two months to go, yes. So um, I'm keen to get into that because that's a really interesting dynamic and thinking about not only the event coming up but also what next for your life and your career. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm keen to I'm keen to ask you how how it all started for you as a as a dancer first and foremost. Could you could you describe that journey for us? Uh, when I first started dancing, yeah. um, well, when I was six, I started dancing, and it was just something I think as a child I had a lot of energy, um, and so my mother was also a dancer, and her and her brother both uh, professionals. So I've come from quite an artistic background, but also I think being a young child who had had this energy and loved to move to music and so for me naturally uh, taking dance it was fun I enjoyed it and as the years kind of went on I I took more classes until I was kind of going six seven days a week and then at the age of 13 um right when I got uh, invited to go to um a full-time ballet school so it was like okay do I go to the high school or the or the dance school. So that was probably one of my biggest decisions to make was do I look at training for something I want as a career as a 13-year-old trying to figure that out. I mean, granted, I still did my schoolwork alongside the dance through um, the New Zealand Correspondence School and did uh, all my exams and everything through high school through that. Mm. And, yeah, I just... The opportunity was there and I thought, why not? Why not give this a go? I love doing it. And then... I graduated um, when I was about 19 or 20 and then an audition for, for different companies. Um, actually came over to Monte Carlo and did a big audition where a whole lot of directors uh, came to that. And in Australia, auditioned for Cirque du Soleil, like, lo- lo- lots, lots of different things. And then um, ended up getting my first contract with the Royal New Zealand Ballet just for a three-month period. And... I got there and I thought, this is fantastic, this is the life I want. Mm. Um, it didn't get us back straight away, but you know what it's like. Sometimes you, you think, okay, maybe it's not right now. So I remember going back home and worked as um, at the local supermarket again to get some more money together, thinking, where's right. the next trip going to be? More additions. And I actually got a call up from the company again saying, we've had a dancer that's been injured and how quickly can you come up to Wellington and and rehearse with us and we're actually just about to embark on a five week tour of the UK so I'll be up there in a couple of days you know right. okay <laughs> so, so there's a lot in there so so you, you've got clear role models in in your relatives you can yes, see this yeah. as, a, as a career ahead uh, how powerful was that in terms of being able to show that this is a roadmap for, for you ahead yeah I think I think having um, having had my mum being a dancer, she understood it, so it wasn't kind of pie-in-the-sky stuff. And my family has always kept me grounded. They still do now and still keep 
uh, I guess asking me to, to ask myself questions as, as right. well and to be an intelligent human being and you know to be extremely dedicated to what you do but just keep uh, aligning it with is this where I want to be and this is um, I guess the path I want to go down and, and un- understanding that it's going to take a lot of hard work there's a lot of rejection there's a lot of um, kind of bloody mindedness that you need sometimes just kind of focus and, and get through and you know by all means I was not the most uh, you know talented dancer dancer in the school but I uh, I think I had the perseverance and right. I could take a few knocks and still believe in myself I think I think that's what it was is that I had um, I had that belief to know that I, I want to be out there doing it and no one's going to stop me doing that. No, so you've referenced the supermarket as a stopgap. So that yeah. presumably was that you, you picked up a contract, but then you're back to back to zero. Yeah, exactly. And kind of thinking, okay, I've got to, you know, New Zealand's so far away. And, and we tend to think that the rest of the world, everyone's, you know, oh my gosh, everyone's so much further ahead than us there. Mm. So I think in a way that maybe drives us to work really really hard to think okay I've got to keep up so I went back and just tried to to put some money together to then obviously take some trips to Australia and different countries to audition for for companies Mm. Um, which I did and it was great that that I had this Mm. this job that that I could could go back to and then yeah so I guess in a way my career sort of got off to slightly rocky start I didn't sort of just graduate from school and then get a contract and then I was in in the company and is that that normal? The, the rockiness? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Right. I think so. I mean, there are some of the lucky few that, that, you know, there are a couple of contracts that go and they go right from school and then just kind yeah. of segue straight away into the company. Uh, I personally wouldn't change what I had because I, I learned a lot along the way and I learned how to um, be resilient, I think. Yeah. Did you have a backup plan? So you've gone through a sort of a, a dance yeah. school, yes. which is which is schooling you for that career. Mm. Did you have a, a, a plan B? Well, I think I think the fact that I still had my studies behind me, so I finished high school, mm. and I knew I had that. Um, not not necessarily a plan B, because maybe I think part of me thought that I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Okay. I just had this kind right. of like something in me that was like I I know. I know I've got a message, I know I've got something that needs to, to be out there. Mm-hmm. And so, maybe that's it. <laughs> that focus, I don't know, but I mean, I'm sure had things have worked out differently, I, I would have coped fine and dealt with. Right, I see. So actually, having a backup plan fully formed and in the back pocket might, might have made you revert to it in some ways. Possibly. You, actually, you were so focused on making it happen that it, you did. Yeah, right. yeah. And it was that weird thing about just kind of Sometimes just trusting or just that intuition of being like, I'm in a way putting all the eggs in one, in one basket. Mm. Um, but then being realistic and knowing that, you know, you can turn up to an audition where there's 200 people and it might be the fact that your physique's not right or for, for what they want or you're, you're this height or you're that. And, and it can just, you can be cut straight away and it's like, okay. it's learning, yeah, to be, to be resilient to that and to know that do I still want to do this or am I going to be put off by Mm. how prepared are you for that particular feature where rejection might not be based upon how well you performed but you, your identity and how Mm. do you tune into that and know what you represent versus what they need 
I guess I guess it's a hard one, and it's one thing which is I guess been a personal journey through you know the last twenty years I think as well. And you know I still have moments where I kind of revert back to feeling like oh you know you just want people to like you <laughs> and and you know and see your talent and um, it's it is challenging. It's really challenging mentally. Um, again, I've been surrounded by people that believe in me mm-hmm. as well. And at the end of the day, I think, you know, oh, you know, if I had wanted longer legs or if I was only this or only that. But I thought, if I wasn't ad- as athletic as I am, I couldn't jump as high as I, I can. And I realised the older I, I, I grew, the more I understood what I had was unique and special. And I don't want to try any of it. Yeah. They're my learnings and... Um, and my special qualities, I think. So and that's a valuable lesson. I think that everyone can tune into as early as they can, really. Because yes, sort of yes. Out as, mm. as a, in those formative years. Yeah, and I guess that's one thing which now you know I'm 35 now, and kind of looking back and seeing if I was to give advice to myself as a 16 year old or something, yeah. like what what would I say? And it's just to I don't know, just just to to, to believe in yourself and and mm. to have that kind of I don't know. You have to have that that burning desire or, the, or that drive to to understand that maybe it's like look, looking at that big picture. It's not just you. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, looking at from you know that panel of people that that is yeah. auditioning you, and, and also I think one thing I discovered as well is that it's not always why won't I fit there, but actually maybe when I was there I, I might not like it. Yeah. Okay. And that side of it, and that, that was a, an interesting kind of realisation. It's like, okay, I think it works both ways. Like, like almost going for a job interview and thinking, I didn't really like them, they didn't like me, so I'm glad that... Yeah, exactly, exactly, right. yeah. <laughs> Very good. Um, so so you, you're Royal, uh, New Zealand Royal Ballet? Yes. And uh, how, how long were you there? Uh, I was there for 10 years. Yeah. Yes, from 20 to 30 years old. Mm. And talk me through, and, and now at Rombe, tell me what's a day in life for a, for a, for a dance, dancer yeah. like? Talk me through your day. Well, we start, we start with um, either ballet class or contemporary class. We alternate every day in the morning from 10.15 to quarter to 12. And that is our, kind of our preparations, um, getting warm, getting, getting the routine kind of set up, mm. going through the process of yeah, warming the muscles so you can be prepared for whatever the, the day holds. Um, I usually do a yoga class. Uh, we've got a group of the dancers here, we love doing yoga, so we, we tend to come earlier and do half an hour of yoga together. And um, Or I go to a Pilates studio and, and do some Pilates just to kind of warm up. And also, those are the moments where you can target specifics as well if, if you want to work on strengthening as well and then uh, we have a two hour rehearsal um, from 12 no 12 to 1 2 yeah yeah that's right two middle hour, of the day two, yeah middle of the day and a, <laughs> a two hour rehearsal um, and that will be I guess we could be working on um, what we might be performing next week or at the moment um, I've just come from rehearsal and so we're working on something uh, the dancers are not going to be performing until actually after their summer break. Right. So this is months away, but you know, dancers are learning now mm-hmm. and also remembering because they performed it a year ago. So it's trying to remember what we did. Um, and so, so the next two weeks we're working on on this work, 
and then after uh, we have an hour lunch break and then back for um, from three till six with another 15 minute break in, in between there and you know some, sometimes you can some days you're busy and, and you're, you're used all the time other days they you know we're working on um, different repertoire so some sometimes you might have the morning free that okay I'm not called from you know 12 to 2 right. so you think okay I'll, I'll go you know I think maybe take a nap or or go to the bloody studio or, mm. or do, do what you need to for for yourself and uh, the, com- the company trusts that we we know our bodies we're mature enough right. to to figure out what we need to do it could even be jumping into another studio and just going over right. going okay. over your steps again or, or, or taking time so and uh, part of that will be rehearsing but equally going for parts or being considered for parts as well yeah. as the need to be on stage how yes. often are you well, in that area where you're being selected or having to perform that happens a lot in this company actually because uh, because we're a repertory company and we do two to three commissions new commissions a year it feels like you, you're kind of almost constantly in this ebb and flow of, of feeling like you've got to put yourself out there because okay. a new choreographer comes in you know, they're looking at you, so, so it's almost, when the new works are coming in, it feels like it's this constant audition right. feeling, even though, you know, with my colleagues and we know each other, well, everyone wants to do the best and everyone wants to be picked for the piece, yeah. so you can't sort of rest on your laurels and say, oh, I've got this kind of thing, so um, there could be one that is in favour of uh, more of a technique that you know. And because we're such a, a versatile company, the dancers have come from everywhere and quite different backgrounds, mm. uh, which makes it beautiful and unique. Uh, there are going to be people that are pulling on different strengths, no matter, you know, different choreographers come in. Um, so some say, right, okay, cool, I feel confident about this. Other times I think, oh my gosh, like, I've just got to, you know, do my best yeah. and, and try not to, you know, so, so that... Um, that can be a bit of a struggle sometimes, you know, with something you're confident, you think, okay, cool, I can stand up the front and yeah. I know what to do. But there's there's challenges when it's maybe something, a style out of your comfort zone. But um, generally, I think people just throw themselves at things here and, and give it their best and, yeah. So it sounds like there's, a, there's an element of heat going on all the time in yes, terms yeah. of, of you're, you're holding some quite unique dynamics where you're performing but you're then rehearsing the next one, but then you're starting to craft or maybe be selected for the, the one after that, or maybe even more. Exactly, so you've yeah. you've got a lot of dynamics there to be holding. Yes, yeah. So sometimes I enjoy it when we have a period where we might be working on a work for you know a month, and I think, okay, cool, I can really focus focus on this piece. And, mm. um, but yeah, other times it is kind of a bit of everything together, and it can be... Mentally quite draining. And, and I presume that's normal. Everyone's in the same boat, yeah, studio. Yeah, yeah. How, how do you cope with that? I think I'm still, even after many years, still I still go through the ups and the ups and downs of that as well. And I think, I guess, the more experience I have, the more I kind of, in a way, what I was saying saying before about kind of saying. I've done the best that I can. Have I been the most open? I keep checking with myself. Have I have I given myself um, rather than staying back and kind of you know what's my body language like? Okay. And then if if it isn't meant to be, then I think okay, you know, all right, that's you know, it's still hard. You're still going to take it on the chin sometimes. Yeah. And, um, but you know, the the reality is is that injuries happen. Uh, the amount of times in my career, I've I've 
you know, woken up and gone to the theatre and, you know, done my preparations and performed a completely new role that night because someone's gone off injured or... Okay, or yeah, so, so there, are, there are many kind of exciting aspects to it as well. So I would always say to keep alert and to always be, you know, even if you're not selected, you know, try not to be sour about it and, and to still use it as a learning opportunity because maybe the pressure's not on you, but you can still kind of be learning from, you know, the second cast or yeah. third cast and sometimes without that, that pressure, you, you might even possibly gain more because you're kind of a bit more looking at the, the big picture, I think. Mm. No, well, I can hear a lot of internal dialogue, but internal attribution, you're not sort of blaming and externalising mm. and you're, you're processing it internally and enjoying the, the journey, the ups and downs to a certain extent. Yeah, I mean, it's taken a, it's taken a while to, 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 to get there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I think now where I am in my career, I think, you know, I want to, I want to enjoy it. Mm. I really do. And I think, I, I, you know, you choose how, how you behave, I think. And mm. if you're aware of your behaviour, what's useful, what's not useful, then you, you can change that. Mm. So tell me about performing. Um, how do you how do you get yourself in the right condition, the right mentality for taking on on the stage and, and giving your best? Mm. Well, I mean, I, I love being on stage, being in the theatre, the smell of the theatre, and that I feel like it's it's my home. So um, I feel confident there. Uh, you know, with every new premiere that we make, there's always some nerves because it's like, okay, it's it's slightly different and, and everything. But like anything, the more you practice something, the more competent you become, and therefore the confidence grows. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love the fact that we in Rombe we perform a lot actually. So that that lets me play play a lot more and not feel like oh my gosh, it's just this one this one show. I see. So because we have I don't know hundred or so performances a year, it's uh, it gives you that little bit of, I don't know, uh, room to experiment, I, okay. I, I feel. Uh, but yeah, preparing, I think, depending on the nature of, of the work, um, some pieces are extremely physical, so I will then prepare by maybe doing some aerobics, you know, workouts and stuff, yeah. um, or some weight training mm-hmm. and stuff, thinking if I've got to do partnering work and I've got to be lifting other people, right. I, need, I need to make sure that what else I do outside of the studio is going to get me strong for that and whether or not that's even you know I always have a notebook with me so I'm always writing down my corrections from from the choreographer or from the rehearsal staff and you know quite diligent <laughs> yeah classic uh, sports performer keeping a training diet yeah. reflective practice fantastic yeah so I feel like I do everything in my power to to prepare for something but also, um, I think what's good as well, and you know, we mentioned to talking earlier, is it's quite good sometimes to have a, a plan A and, and a plan B. So you know, you have the, the best eventuality, um, but I think you also need to be flexible for other options to happen. Okay. You know, um, yeah, and also like mental training, like I do a lot of uh, visualization as well, going back over things. Um, yeah, with my notebook and then just taking time to just visualise myself doing it and yeah and also not afraid to if I feel really stuck you know just just ask questions I mean the dancers are amazing they're so they're family you know mm-hmm. so we can, we really do help each other out if it's something I'm having trouble with I'll just chat to somebody and say yeah. look you know can you teach me that dive row I'm just 
landing on my neck and it's not good and, <laughs> and I need to, you know, not keep bruising myself and I've got some amazing tumblers in the company and right. so I think it's just keeping keeping that light, keeping it um, positive and uh, open to them. Wow, so you're, you're a home on stage, that's, that's what you what you kind of live for and how you perform. But, and and what, is it everything you dreamed of when you were a little kid, starting out on this kind of journey of thinking <sighs> with, your, with your costumes at the yeah. first time? So I mean, I, I don't know actually, so that's a good question. Um, I feel like it, it feels like it's meant to be. As a child, I imagined it would be a certain way. Like I didn't. I mean, I enjoyed dressing up and you know yeah. all the, the makeup and the, the hair and everything like that, and oh, the smell of the hairspray, at the competitions, and, and these things. Um, but I don't think I pictured a certain outcome. It was more the fact that I felt like when I joined the New Zealand Ballet for the first time, I thought these people, I feel at home here. Uh, right. I feel I feel I found my community. I found my, my my group of people that understand that understand me, and I feel like I can I can honestly get down to the depths of myself and 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 be me really. That's yeah. So it wasn't so much the applause; it was it was the fact that you found a common purpose with a community yeah. of people. Definitely. And that's something which I feel that kind of rings through my life as well. I think I'm always trying to seek out community and, um, like, as I said, with our little yoga group, we, we love having that in the morning mm. and just having that time together. And you know what it's like some days you might be struggling and you get together with your group and people help you just by being present yeah. and you can help people without even knowing that you're helping them. Mm. And that's what I love, yeah. Interesting. So one of the one of the ideas in in sport that is becoming quite uh, it's, a, it's a challenging concept is is this idea of late specialisation. So whether it's uh, a footballer or a rugby player or, uh, or even s- sports like swimming are now being challenged. Uh, whenever I talk about this, there's evidence that that late specialisation is good. Super champions perhaps gravitate to a sport after they've tried a number of different sports. Mm-hmm. And the one, the one ca- case that always comes up is, well, what about ballet? Interesting. <laughs> ballet yeah. seems to be uh, certainly an, an activity or a performance that requires early specialisation. I wonder if you have some thoughts Well, I mean, I can only speak from my own experience in starting quite young and, and I guess learning the vocabulary, mm-hmm. the movements and everything, I, I think that's helped helped me, but I also have uh, quite a few um, uh, colleagues from this company and from other companies that may have some, some of the guys that started when they were 13 or 16. Okay. And um, so I don't think it generally is just you have to you have to start young. I mean, like anything, like if you're learning a language and you know, it helps if maybe you're surrounded by it when you're mm-hmm. a young child, but you know, there are many people that can learn a language in their 20s and 30s. And I think it, it comes down to your desire um, and the discipline and just the want the want to do it. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting that that's, that's a trend that the anomalies are there already and that they're, they're happening. So mm. I suppose that you, those, those people will already have had a, 
spatial awareness, the physical ability. Yeah, yeah. So there, there, there might be some things which, um, so if somebody was to start, you know, mid-teens, that they, they're having to learn a lot quickly yeah. because you think, well, I've done that for my whole life. I've known how to stand, you know, how many metres apart from somebody and have peripheral vision and, and all those kind of things. And a lot of things uh, I've kind of learnt that I take for granted now and, you know, even walking through Waterloo Station and think, how did this person walk straight into me? Like, how did they, how did they not, not, not see me here? And I, I, I can peripherally look and, and weave my way and not touch anyone. And these are skills I think I've, I've, I've learned from, right. from a young age. Fantastic. That's, that's really interesting. So, you're pregnant. Yes. So, um, talk, talk to me a little bit. So, you, you've performed whilst pregnant, whilst it's visible and, and not visible. Yes, <laughs> so yeah. So, you're, you're, you're potentially a, a real trailblazer in, in sort of celebrating being pregnant and performing at the same time. Yeah, it's been, it's been quite a... Uh, an amazing experience, actually. Um, found out earlier this year that I was uh, with a child, mm. and we were actually uh, only coming back after the Christmas break, and only had four weeks to prepare for for the tour. And I sort of thought, yeah, I know this, I've got this. And then, obviously, with the news of of, um, of the pregnancy, mm. I thought, okay, this is really different now. How am I? You know, there's going to be a lot of works that um there's some partnering stuff there's one piece that i have to get flung around the head and then spun by my foot and i thought i, I don't i don't want to be doing that and um you know unfortunately i was i was quite ill up into 16 weeks as well so with the um the the, the nausea and uh, the fatigue mm. and the tiredness that made a huge impact on my training um but i mean the staff have been so supportive in my company and have arranged it so therefore I, I would only maybe rather than doing three works in the evening I would only do one possibly two okay. maximum um, the, the daredevil spins and stuff like that they were eliminated we, I got another cast to perform one of my roles right. um, so we sat down and we were really we just talked we talked it through and thought what's possible and what might be might be a challenge and mm. And just kind of, it was week by week, uh, having to work on it. It was lucky they, they said, you know, even if we're on tour and you come to the theatre and you really are not up to it, we will always have a cover for you, for your work. So that, that was a real stress off my shoulders yeah. to know that um, that was the case. And thankfully, I mean, I, I, I went on tour with the company. The first few weeks I was still pretty, pretty groggy. Um, but in the, the later half of, of the tour, I suddenly just kind of got a bit more energy um by then I'd had my first scan and I could also share my news with the company which I think uh, helped me relax yeah. and help you know I mean they're my family there and yeah. and to sort of feel like you're kind of having to keep this you know to yourself um it was it was challenging because also it's a physical uh physical job so people can kind of think you know Where's Lucy's energy? Like she's always got so much energy, and I'm sure people possibly thought that. But I mean, there was a lot of respect, and I didn't feel like anyone was kind of, you know, poking or asking too many questions, and they they respected where where I was at. So, so you had a lot of support from Rambert to to adapt and modify some of your parts, but but the routines that 
to, to accommodate how you've responded mm. to your pregnancy. Yeah. Um, h- how have you been feeling about uh, the, the upcoming birth, but also kind of life after mm. after that? How are you approaching that? Well, I think now, now that I'm seven months, and it's only a couple more sort of on the home stretch, I mm. feel, I actually feel really excited. Like, I can't wait to meet my child. Oh, what they're going to look like, and mm. I just, you know, I'm really, I'm really feeling really connected, and um, you know, I don't really feel any any stress at the moment, which is fantastic. Um, just kind of having to tr- keep trying to accommodate my body. I'm still taking class and still. Yeah, I saw you in the classes earlier. You're still really <laughs> moving well. I have to I have to I have to remember sometimes I I can't do everything, and I need to just. Um, just chill out a bit sometimes. Is that, is that the actual <laughs> movements or is that tired and fatigue? Or it's, it's actually the movements. Like okay. There's a lot of things I can't actually do because I can't physically right. put my body in some of these contorted positions because mm-hmm. baby's taken up the room. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, you know, sometimes it's a bit, a bit more challenging on, on the breath as well. I get, I get a bit out of breath. So. Mm-hmm. But again, that's when I just set the foot off the gas and think, okay. Um, but I've, I, I stopped performing um, in the last tour, so that was, I performed up until five months, actually, I was on stage, which, which was incredible. And I just thought, you know what, like, I'm out here doing what I love with this little one inside, and I can't wait to tell them that they were on stage with me. And, yeah, just, just the support I had from my colleagues as well, they were fascinated and thought, wow, this is, this is possible. Oh, um, wow. I've got goosebumps listening to you. The, pride, <laughs> the, the, the pride that you have about doing that and being that and, uh, and representing your art form but also with child, that's amazing. Um, I've got goosebumps in, in terms of the reception you had from other people. What, what was mm-hmm. that like? Because I would imagine that's not the norm. Well, not not in sort of not in my time in this company or in my previous yeah. company. I, I didn't really see many women have children. So I mean, I feel like it's hard sometimes. It's it's, it's easier when you you have something. Oh, okay, they've done it. Okay, it's, it's possible. Um, again, my my desire to, to want to have a child was was there. So I kind of thought, all right, I've just got to let go a bit and I've got to figure things out as I go. And we're just gonna have to see what happens. But um, where there's a will, there's a way. And I think sometimes you just have to be strong and trying to create your own path. Um, But yeah, I think there's been a lot that I've been learning and researching myself and and just trying to to figure out and just keep going back to my intuition about how well I know my body Mm -hmm. and and what to do and trying to seek advice, I guess, from... Mm -hmm. Um, from different specialists along mm. along the way. So, so you're talking there about tuning into the subtle symptoms and aches and pains and capacity and fatigue, as well as what you physically can and can't mm. do. There. I think I think that was one of the the, the craziest things is that there, there's some stuff and I go to do it and I say, I just I can't. But my my mind and my muscles thought I I could. I mean, even sometimes I wake up now and I forget I'm pregnant. Right. I, I know that that sounds ridiculous until I try and roll over, but, <laughs> but I do because because I feel I feel still it's me, um, and then I realise oh actually this is that's right you're there. 
Um, I can imagine yeah. that's probably that that uh, that focus and immersion in the activity. You think, oh, that's 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 what well, I wonder if my body can do that, and then suddenly you forget. Oh, there's a big big bunch. Here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I've I've just kind of I had moments sort of near the start that I got a bit annoyed. So I thought, oh, I can't quite do okay. I can't quite do some of those things, and then got a little bit frustrated because I thought oh, I don't feel as good as what I was, you mm. know. Um, but I've accepted that as I go along and think I'm actually still up here and I'm still moving yeah. and it's just different and to, to understand that different is also good you know? yeah mm. so uh, what are your in terms of your thinking and your anticipation you're looking obviously you said you're looking forward to, to meeting the little one yeah. um, but, but you you'll be a mum and a dancer mm. uh, or, or how are you facing that prospect yeah, I think um, it feels it feels a bit like I'm going into unknown territory because mm. I can't compare it to anything else. And as I said, I haven't had, I guess, a huge amount of um, maybe role models to, to to look up to in my field that that have you know managed to sometimes you know kind of try and create that. I know I know it's we're we're kind of getting there with it, but it's 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 still trying to figure it out. It's no sort of blueprint of oh, this is the way. Yeah. That you do it um, because of the, the, the physical nature of, of the job as well, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I really want to, I really want to take time to to spend with my husband and, and my child, and, and really give them that that special time because I'm not going to get that back. No. Um, and I also don't know how I'm going to feel about coming back to dance after as well. So I think there's a lot of unknowns which I'm just kind of letting sit. And and just gonna again keep checking in and, and seeing how I feel. Um, but I do. There is part of me that says, well, well, why why can't I come back? Okay. Like, what what's what's sort of stopping me? I guess. Um, yeah, I think I think there's there's definitely possibility, but again, I think it's I I, I can't see a clear path at at, at the moment until. Yeah until I get further down the track, but I think, you know, I want to get back to, to what my um, my physique was. I want to get my strength back because it feels so good to feel healthy and strong. And I want to also be um, an inspiration to, to my child as well and to say, look, you know, anything is, is actually possible and, and don't let anyone sort of say, oh, no, you know, it's going to be like this or you're never going to do it, it's so hard. It's like, yeah, maybe it was for you, but maybe... I'm a different person and, and I'll, yeah. I'll figure that out so yeah but it will be interesting I think it will be uh, another transition right. another transition but I also think um, it's it's possible it's possible mm. to get back to dancing and you know I've done a bit of research as well and I've seen um, you know there's quite a few dancers over at the Royal Ballet Company that have families and they make it happen and they can go on tour and I think okay Maybe I haven't had anyone personally in the company with me that's done that before, but there are, you know, there are people out there doing mm. it. So it's just trying to network and mm. yeah. I'm I'm hearing the same same thoughts and desires and anticipation that probably started you off on your career of thinking, well, I might not make it, 
but I'm going to try. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually, you're right. It is. It is. It does feel like that. Right. Having that openness to different opportunities, and maybe I'll come come back, but it might be in something that I haven't even seen. Like I haven't seen it's possible until I get there and go. Actually, hang on, maybe I could work it like this. Yeah. At the moment, it's fantastic. I'm actually um, helping do uh, with the rehearsal directors and doing some assistant rehearsal directing. So I'm still in the studio. I'm working with dancers and I'm helping them to prepare. But that must be training in itself. If you if you were to design the the post baby coming back as a dancer phase, training other people and mm. teaching them requires demonstration, it requires explanation, it requires you to be thinking about it in different ways. Yes. Um, that, must, that must all stack up as preparation, I as think, baby. Yeah, I think it does, and I think um, I was aware that, you know, I wasn't going to be performing up until nine months, mm. and I knew there was going to be time when I would stop being on stage and I would be in the studios, and I thought, I want, I want us to be involved, and, and again, I'm, I'm looking at what opportunities can I get now and that can I use now in this transition that will help me in the future mm. that I can come back to after I've had my child and you know think okay look I, I did some of that I have done that and I've seen things from from the rehearsal director's point of view and I've, I've learned so much more about my craft right. okay. through looking through another set of eyes and it can only inform me and, and make me kind of a more rounded artist mm. I guess what, what, how, how long does a, a kind of dancer dance? I guess it, it, can, it can vary. I mean, sometimes, you know, tragically people get injuries which cut, sure. cut them short in their, in their 20s, just a year or so after they've, they've started. Mm. But, I mean, you can go into your 40s and stuff, I think. Okay. Yeah. There are parts that, that allow you to continue yeah. to make a living from it. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily think it's an age thing. I think it's more about... Um, uh, the, the desire, your health and your fitness, if, if your body is still out there and cracking and still doing it and you want to do it, then I don't think that, that an age, yeah. Okay, so, so do, you, do you have to plan for a career beyond being on stage? Uh, or is that something you've, you've given thought to yeah. irrespective of the fact that you're having family? Yeah, I think, I mean, I've been professional 15 years now mm. and I think before I even found out I was pregnant, I was thinking, okay, what kind of transitions, you know, what, what other things am I interested in now? We have um, an amazing charity that works with us called DCD, which is Dancers Career Development. And they come in sort of once a year and talk to us and say, even if you've just started your career, it's good to think about other things that you have and how your skills can align with many other different aspects in your life and where, where that will work. And so I think we... It's amazing, and we don't have anything like that in New Zealand. And I think when I came here and realised that, I was like, "Wow, we've got so much support for retraining, and you can get money and grants to, to do this." And I thought, "This is this is super," you know. Mm-hmm. This is this this gives me uh, hope that there that there is other things to do if I want to retrain. And um, sometimes it, it it can be challenging to find what that thing is because you've had your your thing for so long. Right. And I feel where I'm at in my life now, and the fact that I've been open to these transitions, I feel like I'm getting an idea of possibilities of where of where I could go. It's not necessarily a, a job title or anything, no, but sure. 
I'm feeling where I think, yes, I, I want to, I feel passionate about this. And, um, what could that be? I mean, yeah, yeah, no, I kind of have. And, and, and recently, um, through the pregnancy as well, is, is realising that, uh, I, I don't know, that I, I want to, I guess, ins- inspire others to know that it's possible to have a child mm. and still come back to dance and um, and just to to encourage that. So I feel like I want to be an ambassador for, mm. you know, for dance mamas and, and, and just... So I, I guess a role model, I think, and it's always been something which I think I've, I've realised throughout my dance career as well. I, I thought um, actions speak louder than words. Sometimes if you just if you behave in a certain way and you, and, and you come across, then people think, oh, actually, yeah, yeah. Look, look, look at that. That's kind of getting done. And, and I mean, yeah, not, not forcefully making, you know, yeah. being like shutting from the rooftops, but I think... By work ethic and, and that, I think. Yeah, and I, I guess at some stage as well, when I do hang up my shoes and I'm not performing anymore, I still, I, I guess I want to help people realise their potential. Mm. That, that's been a big thing. And to, whether that be in, you know, the dance or the arts or whatever, but, you know, I'd, I'd love to, you know, go to a school where there's a lot of, Young young children and and talk to them about having that certain something that you know can keep them on the straight and narrow and can keep them yeah. busy and yeah. and I mean that's what dance was for me. I always had this thing that I was like, oh, I could go out and stay out late that night or have some drinks or actually, no, I really want to you know. So I always had this thing that I was right. kind of a, a, aligning it with and and I think it's good to it's good to be busy. It's good to keep keep yourself fit and healthy and. Um, feel like you, you found a purpose in mm. life and I guess I, I want to encourage children as well to um, to, to find that mm. um, you know at an earlier age that's an amazing purpose to be living your life into as well as encouraging for others uh, so l- lastly what would be your top tip or bit of advice if you either if you could go back in time for yourself or for mm. other people that are thinking contemplating a career in the performing arts what would what would it be um i guess a top tip would be to i guess to, to find what is your desire what 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 you would what you would do um regardless of being paid or not what you would wake up for in the morning and what you would spend you know hours honing and you know, being obsessed in that in that fantastic way, wanting to, to, to learn and, and have more knowledge and to, to find what that yeah, what that burning desire is and, and to go for that and believe in your in your path. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's brilliant. Fantastic. And um, thank you so much. So but also congratulations on, on so your much. career, but also this you are a role model already, whether you realise it or not. And um, and there's purpose that I'm, I'm no doubt that you will make happen <laughs> through, through your desire and purpose. So thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you.
find out more from Lucy on Instagram at lucybalfour.dancer and you can follow Rombear on Twitter at rombeardance and follow their website at rombeard.org.uk. You can follow me on Twitter at Ingham underscore Steve and at support underscore champs. And you can subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, follow us on Facebook and subscribe on supportingchampions.co.uk.